This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Monday Morning Murder in the News with Alyssa Carroll. Except we all know that it's Friday, right? I just haven't made a new updated. It's whatever. At this point, it's kind of a trend, right? Good morning, heathens, and happy Friday, Murder in the News. Uh, here, we continue our Murder in the News, which is still better than the regular trash news that we are fed. So buckle in, trash pandas. Let's get to it. And remember, again, I do not read these articles past the title, so we are reacting together. And I'm not in my normal um, recording closet of shame. I'm in my living room, so if you hear the tick-tock of the clock, it's because I'm in my chair. Moving on. So our first article comes from NBC11news.com. Title says, Former Palisade High School Teacher Arrested Following Investigation. So coming out of Palisade, Colorado. Palisade High School's former band teacher has been arrested following a Title IX investigation into inappropriate sexual behavior involving a female student. According to the arrest affidavit, 46-year-old Jeff Mason resigned from his position rather than being terminated in regards to the Title IX investigation. That all stemmed from a report the Mesa County School District Director of Safety and Security got about a possible sexual relationship between Mason and a student. The Grand Junction police met with the student and her mother, and the student described at least four instances of unlawful sexual contact that happened at the school. Once the Title IX investigation was completed, the district advised Mason to resign. The Palisade Police Department began investigating the events that happened at the school. According to the affidavit, the student accuses Mason of giving her long, awkward, unwanted hugs between November of 22 and February of 23. She also accuses Mason of asking her to take walks with him and giving her rides in his personal vehicle. While in the vehicle, he attempted to rub her thighs. Ooh. During the Title IX investigation, I've got to know what Title IX means. Mason admitted that he continued to give her the unwanted hugs despite the student expressing they were unwanted. Hang on a second. I'm going to look up Title IX. Pause. Yeah, I never do this, but this is kind of a sidebar. I had to look up what Title IX was. And Title IX in simple terms, coming from www.ed.gov for the reference, uh, it says Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972 prohibits discrimination based on sex and education programs and activities that receive federal financial assistance. That doesn't make any sense. But then when I looked up what is a Title IX violation, well, that says sexual abuse or assault, battery or coercion, unwanted sexual contact that stops short of rape or completed rape, use of force or manipulation of unwanted sexual activity, 
physical acts where a person is incapable of giving consent or is against a person's will. Regardless, that's what that is. So back to the article. So during the Title IX investigation, Mason admitted that he continued to give her the unwanted hugs despite the student expressing they were unwanted. Okay. The affidavit further states that the student told investigators that while on a Palisade High School sponsored trip to Colorado Springs, she went inside Mason's hotel room and lay on the bed. She accuses Mason of wrapping his legs around hers and lying on the bed with her for 20 to 30 minutes. Mason denied wrapping his legs around hers. I mean, but of course he would. During the investigation, Mason said he did take a student off campus to get lunch and snacks. According to the arrest affidavit, text messages exchanged between the two revealed Mason went to her house on more than one occasion and steps were taken to make sure the parents didn't know he had visited the home. The Grand Junction Police Department searched through Mason's phone and found 686 text messages sent between the two. The first message recovered was sent on May 17th of this past year and the last one on June 20th. 686 in a month's time from May 17th to June 20th is, you know, basically a month. Almost 700 text messages? Wow. During the Title IX interview, Mason stated he bought the student gifts. Text messages revealed he even allowed the student to borrow Mason's credit card to go shopping. Mason told investigators the total money spent was around $200, but that number was contradicted by the student who gave more detail about different gifts that Mason bought, including a $400 camera. Gee, I wonder what he wanted her to have a camera for. Two Build-A-Bear animals. Ray-Ban sunglasses and more. How young is she? Two Build-A-Bear animals? According to the affidavit, Mason lied to Title IX investigators about his conduct with the student in an attempt to influence the investigation. He's no longer in the Mesa County Detention Facility, but he's been charged with attempting to influence a public servant and first-degree official misconduct. Influence a public servant. His court date is set for November 15th, 8.30 a.m. Uh-oh, so this is a later one. That was yesterday. Oh, we're going to figure out what happened. Our next article comes from winknews.com, but I'm sure it's W-I-N-K. And the title reads, Group calls for arrest of store manager caught selling human skull. So a group is saying a human skull should never have been put up for sale at an antique store following the outrage that had people across the country talking. Over the weekend, a shopper who turned out to be an anthropologist found a real human skull at the Paradise Vintage Market in North Fort Myers. There was a $4,000 price tag attached to the skull, which is believed to have belonged to a Native American woman. Are you kidding me? According to the anthropologist who called police. Members of the American Indian Movement say they are outraged. Of course. The group wants the Paradise Vintage market manager arrested, saying she broke the law. Florida is one of the only eight states coming... Uh, Florida... Florida. Florida is one of the only eight states where selling human remains is illegal. 
Uh, in an interview with WINK News, the manager of Paradise Vintage Market, Beth Meyer, admitted she put the human skull up for sale in a display case with the $4,000 price tag. The chairman of the Florida American Indian Movement, Robert Rosa, believes it is unacceptable. Quote, it is human remains. She tried to profit off of it. Whether it be Native American, she should be arrested. There are laws against it. It's a common thing here in Florida where people are just desecrating these mounds and pillaging it for the remains, end quote. And he makes a very good point there. It doesn't matter if it's a Native American skull or any other what have you. She really shouldn't be selling like a real human skull. I agree with that. So when WINK News told Meyer about the group asking for her arrest, she didn't comment. She did tell the news station that she spoke with the detective in charge of the case and the skull is on its way to Gainesville for University of Florida archaeologists to examine. That's the end of the article, but I would also assume that they might do, uh, you know, some DNA genetics trying to find a match to see who that skull might belong to. So that's another one I'd kind of like to know updates about. Moving to our next, it comes from NBC11news.com. Title reads, Body Identified as Missing Palisade Woman. Good Lord, what's going on in Colorado? Grand Junction, new information about a body that was found over the weekend. According to the Mesa County Coroner's Office, 77-year-old Susan Harris was found dead in her vehicle on November 3rd in the Government Highline Canal. Harris was a resident of Palisade, Colorado. She was reported missing back in September after neighbors grew suspicious of her whereabouts. An autopsy has been conducted in the case, and the cause and manner of death are still pending. Further toxicology analysis. That's the end of that one. What on earth is going on in Palisades, Grand Junction, Colorado, Palisade? Our next article comes from fox10phoenix.com. Title reads, Arizona man arrested, accused of plotting to kill ex-wife. <sighs> Mesa, Arizona. <laughs> an East Valley man has been arrested, according to court documents, over an alleged plot involving the suspect's ex-wife. Here are the details surrounding the case. Who is the suspect? Well, this has just been written into a whole thing. This guy looks dorkily happy. Who's the suspect? The suspect was identified in court documents as 38-year-old Jason Reed Klontz. He doesn't look 38. According to officials, Klontz was arrested on November 7th in Mesa. What did he allegedly do in bold? Well, according to investigators, Klontz frequently and openly discussed killing his ex-wife to his best friend. Investigators said Klontz threatened to kidnap, torture, and murder the victim should Klontz fail to get custody, and the victim was aware of the threats. Klontz, according to court documents, also admitted his friend, also admitted his friend, should say also admitted to his friend, that he tried to kill his ex-wife by switching her medications. Court documents also allege that Klontz threatened to flee the state to where his current girlfriend is living. What are the charges the suspect is accused of in bold? Klontz, according to court documents, is accused of stalking, fear of death, and then letters and numbers, which is a class 3 felony. 
A judge has set a cash-only bond of $20,000 for Klontz, and if he makes bond, he will be required to undergo electronic monitoring, among other restrictions. A preliminary... Why can I never say preliminary hearing is set for him on November 17th, which is tomorrow. Well, I guess that would be Friday because I'm recording this Thursday night. So that'll be today for you guys. It says plotting to kill his ex-wife. So he actually didn't kill her. But I mean, still. So our next article comes from NBCNews.com. Title reads, man arrested after woman's torso is found in a trash bin in California. The body has not yet been identified, but police say they were searching for the suspect's wife and her parents, who all lived with the man in L.A.'s Tarzana neighborhood. I am not familiar with any part of California, so I don't know where that resides. Police have arrested a suspect after the partial remains of a woman were found Wednesday in a trash bin in Los Angeles' Encino neighborhood. The torso of a woman was found wrapped in plastic in the parking lot of a commercial property at around 6 a.m., which was 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Wednesday, police said. The discovery was made by a local man who was digging through a dumpster looking for recyclable materials. Police said they arrested 35-year-old Sam Haskell on suspicion of murder after officers found him at a mall in Topanga on Wednesday. While the body was so dismembered, police said it could not be formally identified. Authorities noted that three people who lived with the suspect at a house in the nearby Tarzana neighborhood are missing. They are his wife, May Haskell, her 72-year-old father, Goashan Lee, and her 64-year-old mother, Yanzing Wang, NBC Los Angeles reported. Three elementary school-age children also lived at the address all, were found safe and well at school, and were placed in the care of the Los Angeles County Department of Children and Family Services. Quote, when the officers responded, they discovered a dismembered female wrapped in a plastic bag. It was just outside the dumpster. They confirmed that it was human remains. LAPD Detective Efren Gutierrez told a news conference Wednesday. Police closed off a section of Clearstream Terrace in Tarzana on Wednesday. Quote, there were some video evidence that was collected from that scene that led us to this location he said at a later news conference outside the suspect's property. Police first received a call at 5.30 p.m. or 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday after someone spotted a suspicious bag, possibly including human remains, in Tarzana. But when officers turned up, they found nothing and there was no evidence to justify entry into the house. NBC Los Angeles said Goashan Lee was known to have driven a white Volkswagen... T-I-G-U-A-N, which is normally parked on the street, but is no longer there. And that's the end of the article. I have questions. So here's where I saved an article that I thought I might read to you guys that's more of like a medical science thing. Like this one, a study reveals the structure of brainwaves associated with memory consolidation. And then I thought, you guys probably don't want to hear that stuff. So here's my question to you. 
Would you also like for me to read articles to you in the news about sciencey things that involve the brain, personality, crime, what have you? Let me know in the comments, okay? Our next article comes from the NewYorkPost.com. Title reads, Suspect and murder of Detroit synagogue leader Samantha Wall taken into custody. So a suspect has been taken into custody over the murder of prominent Detroit synagogue leader Samantha Wall, who was found stabbed to death outside of her home last month, police announced on Wednesday. Police have not yet named the suspect and said additional information would be forthcoming, quote, at the appropriate time. While this is an encouraging development in our desire to bring closure to Miss Wall's family, it does not represent the conclusion of our work in this case, Detroit Police Chief James White said in a statement. Quote, the details of the investigation will remain confidential at this time to ensure the integrity of the important steps that remain, end quote. Wall, the president of the Isaac Agreed Downtown Detroit Synagogue, was found dead outside her home in the city's Lafayette Park neighborhood east of downtown on October 21st. Police said they responded to a 911 call about an unresponsive person around 6.30 a.m. Wall had been at a wedding the previous night and left at about 12.30 a.m., according to the police and friends. Police believe she was stabbed inside before stumbling outside, fatally wounded. Oh, she was beautiful. Throughout the investigation, White has insisted that there was no evidence to suggest the slaying was the result of a hate crime. Quote, we believe that this particular incident was not motivated by anti-Semitism and that this suspect acted alone, White told reporters at a press conference on October 23rd when he said investigators were just short of naming the suspect. He said at the time there were, quote, several factors that led to that conclusion, but declined to comment further. It's really hard not to think that it was something anti-Semitic. It's so hard to, you know what I'm saying? Wall's murder devastated the Detroit Jewish community who had already been gripping with Hamas's deadly attacks on Israel. The beloved 40-year-old activist had led the synagogue since 2022 and was involved in other local Jewish organizations. And that's the end of the article, but I'm looking at this picture of her, and she looked very humble. She looked just like a normal, sweet, young woman. That's really sad. Our next article comes from fox10phoenix.com. I'm seeing a theme here, too. Peoria PD. Man found dead inside home. Woman dies at hospital from her injuries. So this is coming out of Peoria, Arizona. The Peoria Police Department is trying to find out what led up to the deaths of a man and woman earlier Saturday morning, early Saturday morning, I'm sorry. At around 4.10 a.m. on November 11th, officers responded to a home near 79th and Peoria Avenues for reports of a shooting. When they got there, they found a dead man inside who had been shot. A woman was also found with life-threatening injuries from being shot. She was taken to the hospital where she died. Quote, Our detectives are still conducting interviews with neighbors and family members to determine what led up to that shooting. At this time, no arrests have been made in reference to this investigation, Christopher Babros with the Peoria Police Department said. 
So hours later, Peoria police gave an update saying, quote, detectives believe forced entry was made inside the residence. This incident is not believed to be a random act. The suspect is still outstanding and our detectives are still working to identify who was involved, end quote. The victims are identified as 52-year-old Walter Mitchell and 42-year-old Susie Ephraim. Both were from Peoria, Arizona. Well, that's sad. Our next article comes from NewsNationNow.com. Title reads, New details released on missing family, woman's torso found in dumpster. Ooh, maybe this is connected to the other. New details were released Friday in the case of a missing family and a woman's torso that was found in a Los Angeles dumpster on November 8th. The remains are believed to be my Haskell. Yep, 37, according to the Los Angeles Police Department. May's husband, Samuel Bond Haskell IV, to be exact, 35, is suspected of killing her. He was arrested at the Topanga Mall Wednesday night and charged with one count of murder. Samuel is the son of Samuel Haskell III, who was a high-profile agent with Hollywood's William Morris Talent Agency. Hmm. He lived in a six-bedroom Tarzana home on the 4100 block of Coldstream Terrace with his wife, their three young sons, and May's parents, both of her parents. So May, along with her parents, are all missing, authorities said. A man scavenging for recyclables discovered the woman's torso in a parking lot near Ventura Boulevard and Rubio Avenue in Encino. The torso was found inside a black bag that had been placed in a duffel bag and tossed in the dumpster. Police first learned of allegations against Haskell on Tuesday night when, quote, a witness reported seeing what seemed like body parts in bags outside Haskell's Tarzana home, according to the Los Angeles Times. And side note, if you hear the squeaking and thumping, my puppy's walking around. Moving on. The bags were gone by the time police arrived, though investigators returned after the torso was found and, quote, discovered blood and other evidence consistent with a killing and dismemberment, end quote, inside the home. New details were also released on Samuel, who remains the prime suspect of the case. A video Samuel posted on his TikTok account shows him rambling about a variety of things, from burnt steak to feeling bitter and resentful. Well, he's not cute. Quote, now I'm consistently never going to stop drinking, he's heard saying in one video. The son of a former high-powered Hollywood talent agent whose clients included Dolly Parton, George Clooney, and Whoopi Goldberg is now at the center of a murder mystery. The Haskell's next-door neighbor, L. Bamani, told KTLA she last saw May about a week ago in the morning as she was driving her kids to school. Days later, a homeless man rummaging through a dumpster just a few miles from the Haskell home found a female torso stuffed into a duffel bag. Can you imagine finding that? Oh, my God. I would be... That's it for me. Um, let's see. Investigators believe the body part belongs to May and said surveillance footage from the dumpster located led them to her husband. Samuel was arrested on suspicion of murder and the search for more human remains, as well as the whereabouts of his in-laws, continues. Quote, she was dedicated to her boys. 
Ben Benami Benami said they were definitely her entire life. Outwardly, they didn't seem to be very warm with each other or affectionate or have some great marriage, but I did not know of there being any issues. But they're very different in the sense that she was very outgoing, very social, and he's not. He's more reserved. Quiet. End quote. A woman who teaches violin to one of Samuel and May's children went to the home on Saturday morning but was unaware of what happened until KTLA 5's Carlos Herrera broke the news. Quote, I don't even know what to say because they were such a nice family, she said. I've been here every week for almost a year. She said that she last saw the whole family on November 4th and that everything seemed, quote, normal when she taught their son violin. According to reports, Samuel worked as a successful director and producer before his arrest on suspicion of murder. He is currently being held without bail. Police are also looking for two missing SUVs, a white Volkswagen Tig, Tig, I can't pronounce that, T-I-G-U-A-N, with a California license plate 9-A-N-C-890, and a white Nissan Pathfinder with a California license plate 7-F-R-M-1-9-0. If you have any way to remember that and you're in California, you know, keep an eye. Police believe the victim was killed sometime within the past few days. Investigators are still soliciting tips and hoping surveillance video will shed more light on the case. The couple's three young sons were removed from their respective schools following the gruesome discovery and are staying with relatives. Anyone with information is asked to contact the LAPD at 877-275-5273. So yes, if you do know anything, please, you know, it's these boys more than anything, you know, their mom. And then once it all comes out that their dad did it, which, you know, innocent until proven guilty, but it's pretty obvious he most likely did it allegedly, supposedly, then not only have those boys lost their mother, who was apparently you get the sense that she was pretty devoted, a pretty good mom, and that their own father killed her and cut her into pieces. The therapy bills are astonishing, quite seriously. Oh my God. Our next article comes from penlive.com, like Pennsylvania, penlive. Title is Central PA Man Set Fire to House While People Were Inside. Fantastic. A Franklin County man, who is now listed as most wanted by the Chambersburg Police Department, set fire to a home while people were still inside, according to a release. William Riviera Guasp, G-U-A-S-P, 29, of Chambersburg, is charged with one felony count of arson, danger of death or bodily injury, and one count of criminal mischief, backslash, damage to property intent, reckless or negligent, according to court documents. There's a picture of him here, but he does, he just doesn't really stand out. There's nothing about him that stands out. A police report said the incident happened on the 200 block of East Liberty Street in Chambersburg, and court records list the offense date as October 25th. So Riviera, G-U-A-S-P, Riviera hyphen, G-U-A-S-P, is at large as of Friday evening, and anyone with information about his whereabouts is asked to call the Chambersburg Borough Police Department at 
4131. So again, if you know anything by chance, per chance, might give them a little ringy-ding. So our next article comes from NBCNews.com. Title reads, Two officers shot and two hostages found dead in Austin, Texas, police say. So three people were killed, including a police officer, after a suspect held several people hostage early Saturday in Austin, Texas, and engaged police in a shootout, officials said. A second officer and another person were injured in the shooting before the suspect was fatally shot by SWAT officers, police said. The suspect was fatally shot. Okay. The Austin Police Department received a 911 call at 2.49 a.m. from a woman who was screaming and said someone was stabbing her. Interim Police Chief Robin Henderson said at a news conference on Saturday. Officers arrived at the home 12 minutes later and learned that there were two other injured victims inside the house with the suspect. A third victim escaped the house and was found in the neighborhood by first responders. That victim told officials that suspect still had a knife, Henderson said, and was taken to a local hospital for her injuries. Officers made a forced entry into the home at 3 a.m. after identifying themselves. A minute later, they were met with gunfire from the suspect and backed out of the residence without returning any shots. SWAT was called to the scene because the suspect was barricaded inside with two hostages. When SWAT officers entered the home at 4.11 a.m., the suspect again shot at the officers. This time, the officers returned fire, killing the suspect at the scene. I'd say that that's pretty justified. During the exchange, two officers were shot, Henderson said. They were taken to a local area hospital where one was pronounced dead. That's sad. The other is in stable condition, and that's good. The two hostages inside the residence were also pronounced dead at the scene. No! Two simultaneous investigations. One criminal investigation led by the police department and the Travis County District Attorney's Office one administrative investigation led by the police department are ongoing and details are subject to change, officials said Saturday. Quote, this has been a very tragic day, very tragic incident for all involved, Henderson said. Hearts across Texas are grieving with the family and loved ones of the Austin police officer who was tragically killed in the line of duty early this morning, as well as another who faces a long journey to recovery, Texas Governor Greg Abbott said in a statement. This tragedy is a reminder that the great risks and selfless leadership our law enforcement officers exercise every day to serve and protect their communities. Austin Mayor Kirk Watson called Saturday's events a, quote, horrible moment in our, for our city and those who protect us. In a statement posted to the social media site, the site formerly known as Twitter, a.k.a. X. The end of that article. Boy, sad. That is sad. Okay, and then for our final one, um, one of my beautiful, lovely, wonderful, beloved listeners sent me this one. It's from East Idaho, eastidahonews.com. And, oh, this is an article written by Nate Eaton, and he's, like, the hero of the Lori Vallow case. You know, he was the guy that, like, went to Hawaii and actually was like, where are your kids? And she wouldn't answer him. 
This dude wrote it. He is the goat. And it says, Chad Daybell says he shouldn't receive death penalty because he is, quote, less culpable than Lori Vallow Daybell. So Chad Daybell's attorney is asking a judge to take the death penalty off the table in his client's case because he says Daybell is less culpable than his wife, Lori Vallow Daybell, who did not face the death penalty. How do you figure? Lori and Chad were indicted by a grand jury in May of 2021 on multiple counts of first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder for the deaths of J.J. and Tylee, two of Lori's kids, and Daybell's first wife, Tammy Daybell. Chad is also charged with two counts of insurance fraud in relation to Tammy Daybell's life insurance policies. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Lori was found guilty in May, which I posted that like as soon as I heard the verdict to Instagram, if you're interested in seeing that. Lori was found guilty in May and sentenced to life in prison without parole. Until a few weeks before the trial, she faced the death penalty, but District Judge Stephen Boyce removed it as a possible sentence for multiple reasons. Lori refused to waive her right to a speedy trial, and due to a voluminous amount of discovery and evidence turned over by prosecutors a month before proceedings were scheduled to begin, her attorneys argued they could not adequately prepare for a death penalty trial. They had plenty of fucking time. Chad waived his right to a speedy trial, and in an 11-page motion to strike the death penalty filed Thursday, defense attorney John Pryor wrote Lori, quote, set the conspiracy in motion, manipulated both Alex Cox and Chad Daybell, and remained in charge of her plan throughout, end quote. So that's true and also not true. Yeah, she definitely manipulated her brother into killing uh, her husband, but I think he also had a hand in Tylee's biological father dying too, but don't get me started there. But Chad Daybell, he, he's saying that Chad, he's saying that Lori manipulated him into murdering his wife. Absolutely not. Quote, Lori manipulated Chad through emotional and sexual control, and Chad was not going to act without Lori saying so. I call complete and total bullshit. Quote, per the state's own presentation of evidence and arguments in the trial of Lori Vallow, Mr. Daybell has lesser culpability than his co-defendant who did not face the death penalty, end quote. But you buried the children in your own damn backyard. I don't think she did that part. I don't think she'd get her hands that dirty. You put her children in the ground. Hmm. Pryor wrote that even though two co-defendants are equally culpable, it is unconstitutional and unacceptable for one of them to receive the most extreme punishment available while the other does not. Uh, you know, that's some legal precedence there. So, quote, 
The state has presented evidence and argued that Lori was the leader of the alleged conspiracy and Chad only followed Lori's direction. We knew that this was going to be his defense, right, guys? You knew this, right? Quote, even if all of the state's allegations were accepted as true, he is the co-defendant facing the most extreme punishment available. The state's seeking of Mr. Daybell's death is cruel and unusual, end quote. Uh, okay, so Pryor will argue his motion during a hearing on November 29th in Fremont County. He will also argue another motion requesting cameras be allowed in his client's trial, which is set to begin April 1st arguing a motion requesting cameras be allowed. So he's going to argue that cameras not be allowed? That's some crap. You know, taxpayers pay for that courtroom. They pay for the judge. They da 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 I think that the public should have access to watch that stuff. Call me crazy. So Lori has been incarcerated at the Pocatello Women's Correctional Center since the beginning of August. Her attorney has filed an appeal, and Lori also faces conspiracy to commit murder charges in Arizona. Governor, Governor Brad Little signed an executive agreement last month to extradite her to Arizona on the charges, but 12 News in Arizona reported Thursday the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office is not planning to move her out of Idaho until appeals are complete. I mean, that kind of makes sense, even though she definitely needs to face justice for what she has done. And that is all I have for you guys. So again, I'm back. Uh, so many of you are like, yay, you're back. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy. And, and, and I hear that. That warms the heart. It does. I wish I could respond to every single comment, but you know, Spotify is fantastic and they're working on me being able to actually respond to comments. So that's going to be cool. Outside of that, we made it. Those of us that have the weekend off, we've made it. The ones that work on the weekend, I've said it before and I will continue to say it. We appreciate you working the weekend so that we can get our errands done and, and have a little bit of fun and stuff on our days off. And, and you take a hit for the team. We appreciate you for sure. Um, do try to behave yourselves. The holidays are coming up, so don't be a dick in traffic. Don't be a dick to the customer service workers who are putting up with all of these dickhead customers, be nice. Please. Mommy Alyssa says you need to be nice, so please do so. Let, let's treat the customer service people that we're dealing with during this very stressful time with some respect and dignity, okay? Because I couldn't, I worked in a grocery store for eight years and I'm telling you, customer service is absolutely horrific, so... Just telling you, be kind, guys. Have a great weekend. Just remember, I don't have bail money, babies. Behave yourselves. Love you. Bye.